Welcome to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. All right, guys. Oh, welcome back. I never know how to start these. I find it incredibly awkward, just as an FYI. So if anyone has any suggestions on how I can start these in a way that doesn't feel incredibly awkward to me, please let me know. So this week, the topic of conversation is why you suck at meditation. And it's actually why we all kind of suck at meditation. Well, at least in the beginning, why we suck at meditation. And so I want to explore that a little bit more in this podcast and share with you why I think that is. So the first thing I think we need to understand is what meditation actually is. What is meditation? Okay, so we look at the eight limbs of yoga. Meditation is like at the end, (laughs) okay? It's like one, not that the eight limbs of yoga are like steps. It's not like the eight-step process to liberation. (laughs) But meditation actually comes after concentration, dharna. And if Vikram Jeet Singh, AKA at Wandering Matt is listening to this, I hope that I pronounced that correctly. He is my personal Sanskrit advisor, always making sure I don't sound stupid when I pronounce the Sanskrit terms. So it's not, I used to think it was dharana, dhyana, samadhi, but it's actually dharna. So anyways, concentration or dharna comes before meditation because meditation is actually a state of being that we attain after we concentrate on something over a long period of time. So the yoga sutra has just taken this a little bit further. Um, We we can sort of use, I don't want to say yoga and meditation interchangeably, but the yoga sutras actually kind of refers to a, like a contemplative meditative practice and that yoga is achieved through persistent practice over a long period of time. And that yoga is the stilling of the fluctuations of the mind. So really meditation, achieving a state of meditation is that we have achieved the state of being where there's no longer fluctuations happening in our mind. We're just being, and that takes time. (laughs) It's not like you're just going to like sit down one day and you're just going to like close your eyes and, you know, put your hands in a mudra and all of a sudden you're going to be meditating. No, no, no. It takes time. It takes time to get to that space where we actually have, no, I don't want to say nothing going on, but where we've stilled those fluctuations. So I think like the first reason why we suck at meditation is we have this expectation that we're going to sit down and we're going to focus on our breath and have no thoughts. That is the first, no, you are not going to sit down and have no thoughts. You're going to sit down and you're going to notice, oh my God, I can't stop the thoughts. <laughs> That's actually probably the first thing you're going to notice. And then what might happen is you feel like you suck at meditation because you're sitting there and you've got all these thoughts. Well, here's the thing. It's not that you suck at meditation. It's that we all have, for the most part, a lot of shit going on in our minds. This is why it's important that we do practices like yoga and meditation to begin to learn how to control those thoughts, to begin to learn how to observe those thoughts. So having the expectation that we're going to sit down, just have this, you know, calm, clear mind all of a sudden is a ridiculous expectation. (laughs) And I'm not trying to be like rude in saying that, but you're not just going to sit down and have no thoughts. So the first thing is you need to remove that expectation that you're just going to be this like easeful, blissful person. Like the first, even like a few months that you're meditating, you're going to come across a whole lot of thoughts and you might feel like you're failing and you're not. 
So we want to shift our mindset from, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to clear my mind to I'm going to sit down and I'm going to concentrate on something. Dharna. We need to practice, not necessarily meditation. We need to pick something to focus on that leads to a state of meditation. So in Ashtanga yoga, we focus on our physical asana. There's a drishti and there's a breath to every you know pose that it is that we do. So that's one way, that's one thing that we can choose to focus on. In meditation, it could be our breath. It could be a mantra. We can pick a particular task. I used to do this with folding the laundry, right? We can pick a task and we can bring all of our awareness to that thing. We can concentrate on this one thing and build this level of concentration or build our sort of concentrative muscle where we're able to concentrate on something over a long period of time. And once we built that muscle, we can start to go a little bit deeper. Um, my teacher, David Frawley says that there's higher and lower, let's call it samadhis. So the word samadhi is absorption. And so there are lesser samadhis of being absorbed, right? Absorbing our attention into something outside of ourselves. So absorbing our attention on, I don't know, like a flame even, right? Or on a particular task, right? We see athletes who become so absorbed. They're so focused on their craft and that's, amazing. Like that's an amazing feat. That's definitely a form of, you know, concentration and a form of meditation. But according to the Vedas, it's a lesser Samadhi. We can start to build that muscle of awareness by becoming aware of things outside ourselves. But always what we want to be doing is working toward those higher Samadhis, those higher levels of absorption, where we're bringing that concentration within ourselves. So like I said, we can start with concentration on something very physical. And in Ayurveda, we always do this. We always work. So um, dis-ease actually happens from subtle to gross, but then healing happens from gross to subtle. We want to start focusing on the, the sort of big things that we can see, that we can feel, that we can touch, the things that are tangible. We want to focus on those first and then refine our awareness to these more subtle levels so that we can absorb our awareness and that awareness can sort of go within. I hope you're following. I hope this makes sense. I feel like I get like really into what I'm saying and then maybe I'm going all over the place. So I hope that's clear in what I'm saying. That concentration, to summarize, concentration is the first step toward meditation toward mental clarity and mental calmness. Now, aside from concentration and the actual practice of, you know, concentrating on breath or, you know, drishti or, you know, folding the laundry or whatever your sort of mindful practice is, there are other things that are contributing to why we suck at meditation. (laughs) And something that we might not necessarily think about is the role of the various layers of our being and how those are going to affect our mental nature and how that's going to affect us in our meditation practice. So again, we can look at this from gross to subtle. And when I say gross, I don't mean like, ew, that's so gross. I mean like, you know, dense, like we can look at from like the physical body down to like the more subtle layers of our being, so to speak. So if our physical body, if we have physical ama, if we've got toxic buildup, if we're in any level of physical pain or stiffness, that's going to impact our mind because our mind is going to be drawn toward that physical pain. And then that's going to consume our mind. It's also going to create a level of mental ama, mental, you know, like toxic buildup. And so one of the things that we can do to begin to work with the mind is work with our physical body, is heal our physical body. 
feed our physical body nourishing foods, do nourishing movements. And if you do Ashtanga yoga, you might be like, my practice is so not nourishing. It's really hard. (laughs) Yeah, it can be. (laughs) Ashtanga can be a really challenging practice, but you know, it's, and I feel like, again, I'm going off topic here, but I feel that doing things in our life that stretch us um, and, and working that muscle of discernment. And actually, interestingly, the more that we, we do things like meditation and, the, you know, we focus on our you know nutrition and what we're eating, the more we refine our level of discernment and the more we're able to show up in our physical practice, again, whether we do Ashtanga or not, and we're able to see a posture and be in a posture, take that breath and really discern between, okay, is this posture stretching me in a good way, pun intended, you know, like, is it pushing me in a good way or actually, is it going to be detrimental to me? Because what happens so much like in Ashtanga, but also in our lives is whenever we're met with something difficult, we want to resist it. And I think that practicing meditation, any contemplative practice is so helpful because in the greater context of our lives, it helps us to discern like, okay, is this stress a good stress or is it like a bad stress? And sometimes we might find ourselves in like a story where we make excuses and we're like, no, no, no. But like, this is the reason why, you know, like I can't do X, Y, and Z. Like, no, no, I I can't do dropbacks because of whatever thing. And having like, you know, a teacher to hold us accountable can be super important, but maybe you don't have a teacher with you. And so you need to work that muscle of discernment even more to really do the work of being like, okay, is this a story or is this legit? (laughs) Um, So anyways, that was kind of like a side note, but the more that we sort of clear out our physical body and we eat, you know, whole foods, real foods, this is like the first thing that we work on in the Yogi Feel Method. Don't worry about like, am I eating sattvic foods? Am I eating, are my foods too rajasic? Like we don't need to get so in depth at first, right? We just need to work on doing the things that are going to be healing and fueling our physical body in a way that is going to make us a little bit more clear. And so sort of tying it back to meditation, again, if we're super heavy, if we've got a lot of ama, toxic buildup, undigested food, if we're constantly bloated and we feel like shit all the time, do you think meditation is going to go well for us? No. (laughs) So making sure that our physical body is like prepared for a meditation practice, not only in the sense of like, okay, can my body actually sit for like five minutes or more. Some people can't even sit cross-legged for five minutes. By the way, you don't need to sit cross-legged to meditate. You can do it in any position. Um, I teach people over in the Yogi Feel Method that you can meditate walking. You can meditate, you know, lying down in your bed. There's so many different ways to meditate, especially depending on your dosha. Um, so if you're not sure, shoot me a DM and I'm, I'd be happy to chat with you about, you know, what might sort of work well for you and your body. I also have a podcast on how to start a meditation practice. So if you're brand new and you know you're struggling, that may be a great resource for you because I go over a lot of that stuff in there as well. So like I said, making sure our physical body is in a relatively good condition is really important if we want to really go deeper. And some a sort of side note that I want to say as well is I actually used to work with people who were in chronic pain. Um, I don't know if I ever have shared this on here, but I used to work for a company, wonderful company here in Toronto, and we did motor vehicle accident rehabilitation. And a huge part of my job was working with people who had survived these like catastrophic motor vehicle accidents. And as you can maybe imagine, um, they were in a lot of pain, a lot of physical pain. And so a lot of what I started doing with them and where I started my sort of meditation journey and my meditation certifications was in getting certified in mindfulness-based stress reduction, but also in mindfulness-based cognitive therapy supporting people in learning how to sit and be with their pain and discomfort. So as much as I'm saying like, yeah, it's so important, like heal the physical body so that you can go deeper in your practice. We can also use the discomfort in our body 
as a way to practice presence and as a way to practice acceptance, right? So I don't want to contradict myself here. (laughs) Um, And I think that these two things can coexist, right? Where we're like working toward, you know, a clear body. We're working toward a strong physical body. And we're also accepting of what is in this moment, the way our body is in this exact moment. It's such a challenging thing to sort of coach about, right? Because it's like on one hand, Ayurveda and my whole philosophy is like being accepting of how we are, right? And it's being accepting that like, actually, yeah, we can't be any in this moment right now, we can't be any different than we are. But it's also about acknowledging and sort of like envisioning, okay, well, how do I want to be? Like, what do I want my future to look like? And can I steadily work toward that, that vision of myself and of my life with like gratitude and acceptance of exactly as I am now? And I think that's what meditation is all about. And what this practice can teach us is like, maybe when you start out, you really suck at meditation. Like you just can't turn off your mind. There's all these thoughts and it's like accepting and maybe observing those thoughts with this like playful curiosity being like, wow, (laughs) okay, this is where I'm at. Here I am. Here are my thoughts, bringing your awareness back to whatever that focus of concentration is being accepting of where you are now and understanding and not necessarily striving either, but understanding that when you show up every day, you're going to be, it's going to be easier. It's going to get easier, but it's about committing to this practice. It's about showing up every day. And so another one of the reasons that you suck at, I feel so bad saying like you suck at meditation. It seems so negative, but I think it's kind of funny. Like, I think we can all kind of laugh about it. So I hope when you hear this, you're not like, I suck at meditation. Um, But I think another reason why people, you know, kind of suck at it is they try it one or two times and it quote unquote doesn't work, (laughs) right? There isn't that like immediate relief. Like we think that I wrote an email earlier this week and I was like, I used to think that when I started yoga, it was going to be this like band-aid solution. Like I would go to yoga and then after 60 minutes, Ooh, great. I'd feel de-stressed. And then I would go into, you know, the greater context of my life and feel de-stressed. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) It's not like yoga is a magic pill. It's not like meditation is a magic pill and having that expectation that it is a magic pill, having that expectation that, okay, I'm going to meditate. And all of a sudden all my problems are going to go away. Like when I first started meditating, I would only do it when I felt overwhelmed. (laughs) Can you imagine you go and you sit down and meditate only when you feel overwhelmed? Of course, my mind was racing. Of course I had so many thoughts and all I was doing the whole time was trying so hard to make those thoughts go away. It doesn't work like that. The magic of this practice isn't doing it every day, (laughs) getting on your cushion, lying in your bed, whatever kind of like place works for you. It's showing up each day, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, committing to it. And seeing what shows up because the impact happens when you're not meditating. The impact happens in that we practice meditation, AKA dharna, AKA concentration. We practice concentrating. And the more we practice concentrating on the breath or a mantra or whatever it is, maybe it's even, you know, listening to a guided meditation, the more we bring that awareness, the more we practice being aware of whatever it is, the more that awareness seeps into the rest of our lives. Does that make sense? So you might find, so if you're just meditating, right, when you're super overwhelmed, it's not just going to, you know, like I said, be that magic pill. But when you meditate daily over a long period of time, we start to bring that presence into every other aspect of our lives. 
And so then like our whole life becomes this mindful practice. One of the things we used to do in the mindfulness-based stress reduction program is that each week you would pick one new thing that you would do with your complete awareness. So maybe it's like, okay, every day I brush my teeth. I'm going to do that totally mindfully. So I actually encourage you, if you're listening to this, take that on as a challenge, pick one thing. Could be brushing your teeth, could be, you know, doing dishes. It could be doing the laundry, could be walking the dog, whatever it is, do it with your complete awareness right? And then the more that we start to do things with full awareness, because guys, we are literally, I don't know if you know this, (laughs) but so many of us, myself included, like we walk around life on autopilot. We we're not even present to what we're doing. And so, and notice how much of your life you're like wishing the time away, right? But when we bring our full awareness to whatever it is that we're doing, we start to live with more presence and then presence just becomes like our way of being. And then our seated dharna concentration practice can go even deeper, right? Like so many of us, we need to like work on these fundamentals, right? Like as yogis, I don't know, for for me, I'm super interested in like going deeper in my spiritual practice and like uncovering what there is to uncover. But I know that first we got to do this like fundamental work. We need to start focusing. We need to start focusing on presence and being present more throughout the day every day. It needs to be a daily practice. So having, you know, an asana sadhana, doing, you know, like an Ashtanga yoga practice, even going to a yoga class, that's awesome. But where can we add in more concentration, intentional concentration throughout the day? Because my stand is that we start to bring our yoga off the mat and into the rest of our lives. So I actually just updated my Facebook group and I think it's pretty cool. So I'm going to share it with you. I, uh, it was just the Yogi Fuel Sangha, which I think is kind of, it's like fine, but I switched it to beyond the asana. Cause I think it really just like encapsulates what I'm trying to do here with Yogi Fuel is help people take their practice beyond the asana, take it off the mat and into your life. And how are we going to do that? And so I think meditation and just making your whole life a practice is such a beautiful way of doing that. So those are all the reasons why I think you suck at meditation. I'm just kidding. I don't think you suck at meditation. I actually think we all kind of suck at meditation unless you're like the Dalai Lama or like, I don't know, Eddie Stern, maybe, (laughs) you know, I think a lot, this is something a lot of us struggle with. And I think that a lot of times we judge ourselves for not being so good at meditating, especially if we're yogis, like we should be good. Or we have these ideals that like as yogis, we should be super present, but here's the reality. Like we're human, right? And we're living in this world where there's all these distractions. I've talked about this so much. Like there's all this stuff going on around us that actually practicing concentration is more important than ever to help us like drown out that noise, to help us sort of like stay sane in the age of social media, where we have like every single person in the world at our fingertips and all this information at our fingertips, all this distraction at our fingertips, learning how to sort of rein in and bring in that presence is super, super important. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I've opened up a few one-on-one coaching spots in my online coaching program, the Yogi Fuel Method, which I designed specifically for yogis who are struggling with stress, anxiety, and fatigue. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, stressed, burnt out by your life, I created this program for you as a step-by-step method to bring you out on the other side to teach you how to handle and deal with stress, anxiety, increase your energy, cultivate that calm, clear mind using the wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda and me. Um, so if you're interested in this, if you, if that sounds like you, if you're struggling, if you want more information, just shoot me an email, hello at melissasing.com. And I would love to support you with that. I'd love to give you a little bit more information. I'm working on getting like a little sort of like blurb on my website so that you guys can get a little bit more information there. But until that's done, just shoot me an email or send me a DM on Instagram at Yogi Fuel. 
And if you like this podcast, I would be so honored and happy and excited and all of the great things. If you would share this with your friends, if you would leave it a review, if you would like it, um, that would be awesome. That helps more people find the podcast, which is excellent. And if you have any suggestions for things that you want me to talk about, for people that you want me to have on the podcast, if you want to come on the podcast, then again, send me another email to hello at melissasing.com. And I would happily take you up on those recommendations and offers. All right. That is all I have for today. I'm officially signing off. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.